for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Ho, 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 we doing? Ho, 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 it's the German Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And hey, guys, it's our annual holiday episode. And we, boy, do we have a doozy of a Christmas movie to talk about for this episode. Uh, but before we get into the main movie, let's talk about some movies we've seen. Robert, lead us off, my good man. What have you seen? Seen some good movies uh, just in the last uh, chunk of time since we got together. I went to the theater and I saw Godzilla Minus One, just sort of a reboot, kind of a it sort of takes place post World War II. So it's sort of like Godzilla appearing for the first time uh, in this sort of timeline. Uh, it very much mirrors the original sort of Toho film. Um, and it was excellent. Uh, apparently made on a $15 million budget, which means it's doing just absolutely stellar at the box office. Um, uh, it doesn't automatically mean that, but it does mean that because it's doing well. Uh, and it costs a little to make. Um, does it have uh, Bradley Whitford going, oh my God, Zilla in it? Yes. Okay, good. I mean, that's, I'm that's- sorry to spoil it. They did edit that in. Good. That's, um, that's and, and the Matthew Broderick uh, Godzilla design that everyone hates so much, got, they got him in there too. I loved it. Also, uh, even though he's now a uh, disgraced and canceled man, they did put in Diddy's version of Come With Me Too that uh, mm-hmm. the Godzilla soundtrack. Cashmere. Yeah. Um, it's really, really good. It's a dude who... Godzilla? I'll keep it kind of... Huh? Godzilla, you mean a dude? <laughs> so it's, it's this cool dude. It's he's got... dude. A, weird crap on his back but i like him he's got he's got moxie um uh i lost my train of thought oh it's a so it is i keep it kind of general because it's still in theaters i think people should go see it but it's a sort of a disgraced uh suicide bomber uh pilot because you know disgraced because he at the time should have willingly drove his plane into the you know the allies and destroyed them and he doesn't he lands at an airfield instead and pretends that there was something wrong with this with this plane and the ground crew there is kind of like hmm feel like you shouldn't even be here my dude um and then they are attacked by a mysterious creature from the ocean and um years later after he returns home and witnesses all the destruction and starts to form some new bonds and get a different job uh old gorgira rears his ugly head again uh and it's 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 a weird thing because I think a lot of pe- people really like um, the human part of the Godzilla stories because you'd usually have to have a human sort of storyline connecting it all. A lot of folks are just like, no, just give me the monsters fighting and, and breaking stuff. I think this has a great mix of both um, that's compelling. And I like all the uh, relationships between the different characters, including the main character and this woman and child that he sort of takes in. Um, and it was a, a pleasant surprise. I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad I got to see it on a big screen. So, uh, and then what else did I see? The Boy and the Heron. Oh, you saw it. 
Miyazaki's newest saw it dubbed excellent dub. Um, haven't seen it subbed yet. I'd like to see it again. Subtitles. Um, it's, I still haven't seen the wind rises. So I, I meant to watch it beforehand and I didn't get it in there, but, um, so I still have one Miyazaki to watch, but it's really excellent. It's really moving. I don't think it's any shock to, to hear that the visuals are absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very dreamlike. Um, I think it is close to closer to spirit away for me where it feels like someone thrust into this sort of magical dreamy world. Um, and even some of the concepts feel a little sort of, uh, I don't know, it feels more heady. It feels more like an inception-y kind of, um, but I really liked that about it. Um, and it's something that I think I'll probably like it more as I go back and kind of watch it again and, and kind of take some different different things from it. Um, but yeah, I think it's a masterpiece. I mean, he, if, you know, I thought The Wind Rises was his last. If this is his last film, then it's a, it's bravo for me because it's it's just a beautiful thing and and can't help but feel autobiographical in some ways i imagine there's a lot of actual connections to him and his childhood uh for miyazaki so boy and the heron very good see it see it in theaters if you can it's it's really something else um i watched a couple sort of holiday-ish movies that i've seen before but i'll mention uh adam's family values which i watched after thanksgiving but that is sort of a a movie that people equate with Thanksgiving because there's the very funny um, Thanksgiving play they do at the summer camp. Is um, this, is this because this is around the time where like the, the Flintstone sequel came out with like a new cast was the Adams family values. Did they do it? Was it like an entirely new cast or was no. it? Adams family value was, I don't know how long after the first one I want to say, it feels like there was longer between sequels back in the day, but I want to say it was probably within the last in the like three or four years, maybe since the first one, but it's everyone back. Um, and then wow. just the ad- addition of some other great character actors, including um, uh, oh, Fudge. Why can't I think of her name? She's she's going out with Fester in the movie. Um, J- Joan Cusack, Joan Cusack, mm. who's sort of a, a Black Widow character. She's like, I think they call her the White Widow, but all of her uh, former husbands have mysteriously died. And then she's collected the inheritance and she has her eyes on Fester. Um, also feels weird because you were like, okay, well, the first one really focuses on Fester or this person that you, you know, they're passing off as Fester infiltrating the family. And I was kind of surprised they were going to do another of his storylines for the sequel, but it's mashed up with Wednesday and Pugsley being at camp and, um, also, uh, the Adams's new child sort of in peril. So they, they mix a lot of good stuff in there and it makes it for a, for a worthwhile follow-up. Um, and then I also watched The Nightmare Before Christmas because I like that movie. It's quite short and it's a good one to go between Halloween and Christmas. Uh, do either of you know who directed The Nightmare Before Christmas? Tim Burton. Andrew? Um, because Max said my guess, I'm going to guess Steven Spielberg. No, his name is Henry Selick. The movie is called in most iterations Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas because he designed like the characters and I think worked on some of the the story. But um no, this guy has done other stop motion movies including um James and the Giant Peach and Monkey Bone, uh Coraline and then I haven't seen it yet but The Wendell and Wild came out on Netflix last year I believe. Um and it's just a shame because I think he's a good director and I don't doubt that Tim Burton's influence was obviously huge on the film. It's just kind of, 
if I were him, I would be rightly bummed that everyone miscredits you entirely as the director of it as well. Well, don't worry. When you play in Kingdom Hearts 2, when you go to uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas world, it's Henry. It's credit is Henry Selix, the Nightmare Before Christmas world. Perfect. So, yeah. No, they give him one of the doors. They're like, it's uh, Henry Selix, uh, I don't know, uh, St. Patrick's Day world. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to see those other hall. I know there's a video game of it where they go to those other door lands, but I want to see like the St. Patrick's Day one and the Valentine's Day one. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Well, don't uh, worry, don't worry, because his uh, his directing credits also include the movie that has not aged very well that I've seen recently, Monkey Bone. He is the uh, yes, that's right, director of Monkey Bone. Hmm. Um. So saw that, and then the other ones I wanted to mention are. Now, this was almost four hours long, but because of its formatting, I I understand if it doesn't count as a movie, but I would say that anything that's like four hours and sort of composed like a doc maybe should count. I'll let you guys be the judge. Tread, tread see, let's see how generous you want to be for the holiday season. Yeah, act like, and act like Santa on the roof and tread lightly, my boy. Uh, <laughs> I think he has supernatural balance. He doesn't need to tread lightly. Uh, this was called The Biggest Lie I, I tell in that, Video tell that. Game... Tell that to Tim Burton in the Santa Claus when Santa Claus fell off the roof and died. So, you know what I mean? Did Tim Burton do the Santa Claus? Not uh, Tim Burton, Tim Allen. <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> no. Wouldn't you hate if you were Tim Allen and everyone uh, miscredited all your stuff to Tim Burton? Is your yeah, dude? Remember people when... thought Tim Burton did the voice of Buzz. God, yeah. that would be annoying. Remember when Tim Burton did Tool Time? Oh yeah. no! Oh no! Oh, no! Anyway, the name of the this piece is the biggest lie in video game history, the Billy Mitchell story. Mm. I am a big fan of The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, the documentary from probably 10, 15 years ago now, um, all about this motherfucker. I hate Billy Mitchell. He is such a pompous asshole. And this documentary piece sort of proves that while at one point he was and remains a good Donkey Kong player, a good video game player in the competitive field, he is nowhere near the top, and he has lied his entire career, um, along with all of his toadies and sort of cohorts to fucking boost him up, and just <laughs> falsified all of these records. I just want to say, I don't disagree with you that this man should be exposed. We've talked about some really wretched people on this podcast. You've never okay. gotten this worked up. <laughs> I don't think I. I don't think when we've talked about those people, I haven't. I haven't gone soft on those people either. No, though. but I think it's not like you brought up Weinstein, and I was like, okay, guys, well, let's just move. Let's on. like let's both just, sides. He's had, yeah, he's, he's, he's had enough. He's produced some pretty good movies. I'm talking about the it, the current person I'm talking about sucks. If you want to bring up another guy who's I, I cancelable, agree. I agree with you. I just think. It, I just think Andrew, I reserve my ire for this guy primarily only, right yeah. now. Um, I mean, he's. I mean, if you guys have ever seen footage of him, he's just the no, worst. I I absolutely agree with you. I've I haven't seen this documentary, but I've watched some YouTube videos about him. He sucks. He absolutely sucks. Yeah. Just, yeah. And and gaslights people. And uh, there's one part where he supposedly was going to get in the middle of this big crowd a uh, perfect Pac-Man game. Hang on, Max is pulling off a magic trick on camera. Here we go. Yeah. He's really getting into He's this. Putting on his Billy Mitchell um, mask. I'm, oh my Max, God. I'm not talking about Mrs. Pac-Man. Put your pants back on. <laughs> um, he he stands up after his perfect game and says, "That's a perfect game." And then later on, it's revealed that he had lost a life and missed a key, so he didn't get the perfect score. And his uh, rebuttal is, "Well, no one there thought I was trying to get a perfect game." And they're like, "What do you mean? You said you stood up and said perfect game." He's like, "Yeah, but that was me filming for like a thing." 
like that was going to be like a dramatic moment in a, in a thing I'm filming. And they're like, what thing? And he's like, oh, just get like foot, like more footage for filming. So he's pretending that in front of everyone, when he said he was going to get a perfect game and didn't, and then said he did, he wasn't lying. That was supplemental for material for something that's never appeared. Cool, cool dude. Uh, I loved raging for almost four hours uh, about what a motherfucker he is. Four Great. hours? I told, yeah. It was like, was this after the movie shy. was over? The whole, th- four the whole hours? thing is like three and a half something hours, yeah, what? or three, Gross. three point five, maybe. Why? <laughs> Get off it. It's good. It's good. I'm gonna I watch also need to share uh shout out the, the channel is Veritas on YouTube. Um they do good work. Uh it was absolutely worth worth my time. I was doing other stuff, but I had it on and it was compelling. I, I can't can't recommend it enough. The only thing I'll recommend more is the movie I saw just a couple days ago. Final movie I'm gonna talk about on this episode, and one that I hope people go out and see this holiday season. I'm talking about Wonka. Wonka was delightful. Uh, I loved it. It's from Paul King, the director of the Paddington films. Um, a lot of familiar funny faces in it. Timothy Chalamet uh, is has a, a nice singing voice and does a really great job with his interpretation of Wonka. It is, it is a thing where you have to be like, this is the origin of Wonka, but it's not Gene Wilder's Wonka. Because otherwise, I think the movie it's, is like it's Johnny. Oh, he's very, it's canonically Johnny Depp's one. It's right? definitely that one. Yeah. No, but it is. It is funny to me that like, like there's a part where someone's like, "Hey, read the small print," and he's like, "Oh, okay." And that's the whole gag in the first movie where like there's the big thing you sign before you go in his factory, and there's all this little stuff, and it's like that would be so funny if his takeaway from this was like, "I'm gonna fuck over someone in the future with this small print <laughs> shit." And same thing with like he's got like a child friend. He's got a bunch of friends in it, but he's got this child that he's sort of helping. And the idea that like, I'm done liking kids after this fucking movie. I can't, I can't stand these motherfuckers. So it, it, if you think about it, like he grows up to BG Wilder, it's much, it's very funny, but mm-hmm. um, it's not trying to be that it's doing its own thing. Um, I think the songs are very catchy. You haven't been able to stop uh, listening to them. Um, really fun performances. I think if you like the Paddington films, you would like this because it's a, just a big musical sort of delightful world. Um, and yeah, took me by surprise. I, I laughed, I cried. Um, there was some, some cameos from folks that I was not expecting, or at least they're in the cast, but I just didn't know that not ahead of time moving in. So one of them popped up and was like, hi, like in the scene. And I was like, oh my God, it's him. Um, so that, that was a delight as well. Um, yeah, had a great time. I won't say too much about the actual, the, the actual plot. I don't, who knows? Does he get his chocolate shop? You'll have to watch and see. I don't and like the movies I've seen. I don't that's really that good though. That's sorry. It's I. Oh, sorry. I, I well, just to say what you're addressing. I I was not really expecting much, and I I didn't know it was the Wonka or the uh, Paddington director up till a few weeks ago, and then when I found that out, I was like, okay, all right, I'll give this a shot. But I still was sort of didn't know what to expect, and it it really t- surprised me. I don't like that in in the promotional materials it is not marketed as a musical and as a person who doesn't really like musicals I would be mad to go into a theater and find out by surprise that's a weird trend now because that's the same thing with the new Mean Girls yeah I agree the the entire trailer has nothing in it I want to say am I wrong though didn't does none of the other Wonka trailers have some like musical looking elements? Well, I think like Like, if you like they don't show them singing maybe they show them dancing but like in the original Willy Wonka you know his Come with me. Like he yeah. sings in it, but it's not a musical. So like you. What can... do you mean? There's tons of songs in it. Yeah, I would not consider the original Willy Wonka a musical. It has songs in it, but I don't consider it a musical. 
What? But people say, hmm, I don't know. I might disagree with you on this. The Candyman can. They're singing and uh, you got freaking <clears throat> world imagina of imagination. Is it only because one person's singing in the scenes? I just don't. I, I think like there's enough of a movie outside of the songs for it to not be classified to me as a musical. Mm. I think I agree with Andrew. Uh, and fantasy. I don't know why. I don't know where that line is. Drawn, I don't either, but, but I, I just, for some reason, in my heart. Oompa Loompas sing the whole time? This is some revisionist you know history, you know my what? boy. Hey, Max, say your uh -huh. movies. Robert, you're done. Cut him off. Hey! Cut him off. Cut his mic off. <laughs> I might watch this at some point because uh, I do like Chalamet and Paddington. So we'll see. We'll see if he's good. <laughs> I take take it on my my recommendation. I wasn't. I didn't know what to. I, if I had gone in and it was like fine, I would have been like, okay, that's sort of where I was maybe coming from. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm 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 thinking about seeing it uh, in terms of the movie and going to see it. I shall amay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max. What have you seen? Uh, let's see. Uh, one more question about that one. Would you call this? So I know that you're already on the like this that the original Willy Wonka was a music musical. Would you say that this one is a musical in the same way, or would you say that it is more of a musical? It's more Broadway-ish, okay. at least in my right. opinion. It's right. like things stop down and people are like, have you heard Willy Wonka? Boop -boop -boop -boop, and Oof. everyone's going crazy and stuff. It's good. It's Trust <laughs> me, it's good. I, I like, I'm, I don't dislike musicals, but I think I'm like, I don't go to every musical or anything. Um, but this... This was really fun. And I think like a big part of it too is just like the cast is is excellent. And you just gotta trust that that it's uh it's a, a real one. Yeah, well we we shall see. Um let's see. I watched Blue Beetle. Oh, what'd you think? Cobra Kai Kid and uh and what's his name? George Lopez. Mm -hmm. Um I thought that I thought it was fairly basic for a lot of it i wanted more batman is a fascist yes i wanted more um love from the family and i think oh. like because that's kind of like what it seemed like it was resting that's on. what i'd heard about was like yeah. oh his blue beetle's family is a whole the blue beetle's family is a character in this movie <laughs> by the end of it you get a little bit more of it but for a lot of it it just it feels like Pretty cookie cutter. Co pretty cookie cutter. Pretty by the numbers. But a beetle shaped like, one at least. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's in it's interesting, but you can feel the story beats being written by like it. It doesn't feel like <clears throat> it feels like it should be a Gen One DC movie. Like in yeah. how basic it is. Like they've not that the not that when they try to get more uh, a little more complicated, does it mean good? I'd say in fact it's the opposite. But it does feel like one of the, like, this would have been, this should have come out the same year as Iron Man in the way that it's, like, a very, like, you know, basic storytelling approach to a superhero movie. I, I do agree with that. But them okay. going back to the basics is not necessarily a bad thing after The Flash, so. Yeah, like, I never saw The Flash, so maybe I wasn't, like, expecting it to be a complete dumpster fire. And so, I, like, when it, when it didn't really, uh, like, I'm. Oh, he's deep in thought. <laughs> oh, am I? Am yeah, I freezing? You froze. Again? Yeah, you froze. Oh, no. Looking up and not saying anything. It looked like you were really. <laughs> but I was Perfect. like, "Hey, this is classic yeah, Max. So let's let him do his thing. Yeah, let him cook." Yeah. Um, <laughs> I 
I thought it was okay. Um, but I I did not I didn't think it was great. It's not like this isn't the beginning of the neck the second coming of DC or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like this isn't where they they do it. It's just kind of another example of one that might be a little bit fun. And like at this t- at this point, I feel like we've seen a couple better DC movies. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. The Flash. <laughs> froze again? He froze again, yeah. Okay. I was saying there's... Sorry. That's um, okay. That's okay. Power through. I, you know what? I'll just actually let Andrew go. Great. <laughs> Hi. Hey, no complaint from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll switch my connection. You you go, Andrew, and okay. then Matt will come back to me. Okay. Or not. Or not. You know, yeah. We'll figure <laughs> it out. Or not. <laughs> um, I watched a movie... Directed by Zach Braff, starring Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman, called A Good Person, which uh, was the movie that he directed that's starring Florence Pugh when they were dating. And uh, Mm. if if I may say so, I would say she did this as a favor to her boyfriend because um, Florence Pugh is too good to be in a lot of these bad movies that she's in. And this Mm. is another movie that she's acting her ability is like on display and Zach Braff's directorial lack of ability is also on display. He is just, I don't like him as a filmmaker and this movie was really frustrating to watch because it's kind of in weird ways is incompetent too harsh of a word. Like, I mean, he's. This isn't his first movie, so it's I feel not like his it's first fine movie. to be like. It's not his yeah, first so movie. It's his. Like, so I feel like it's fine to be like, "Hey, you weren't doing such a hot job." Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't like his movies. I don't like his sensibilities. Again, Florence Pugh is fucking great in it, and it's another movie that like, and it's it's, it didn't used to bother me so much. Now it's really starting to bother me. The fucking, the trailers for this movie are so misleading, like it kind of makes it seem like you know. So the story is that she gets involved in an accident that obviously costs a dear family member of Morgan Freeman their life. And so the the trailer kind of makes it seem a little quirky. And it's like a very depressing drama. Like she's addicted to painkillers. Like she's constantly fighting addiction. She keeps fucking up because of these decisions that she makes. It's a pretty... I wouldn't say it's a super dark drama, but it's just like, it's, if you go into it thinking like, cause the trailer, the last shot of the trailer is like Molly Shannon plays Florence Pugh's mom. And she's like doing a a shark tank pitch on, you know, like, like with, she's like, we could go on shark tank. Hey sharks. Uh, Hey sharks. And like, that's the last shot of the trailer. And it just, it leads you to think it's kind of this quirky little comedy. And it's like fucking, it's a, badly paced drama because it's Zach Braff. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I I wasn't expecting to love it, but as a just Florence Pugh deserves so much better than what she's been getting with like uh Don't Worry Darling and then this movie. It just she's too good an actor to be stuck in these bad projects. Sure. That's what I'll say. Okay. Yeah. Um but that's the only movie I'd really seen. Max, do you have more to more to say yeah yeah i'm back it should be good it should be stable uh wrapped up blue beetle whatever watch it if you want to um and i also watched bottoms which i thought was a pretty wild weird one yeah I, i've been wanting to see this 
it's funny. I didn't know what to expect going in, and it's very, very odd. I still need to see it. I really want to catch it before the end of the year. I don't know what like other movie to compare it to. It's an it's just a, a silly sense of humor, a weird world that they've built where it's like all in on the like uh the jocks run the school, uh where like even the the principal and teachers and everything and all the other students like worship them and I don't know. It's it's a pretty silly one, pretty funny one. Marshawn Lynch is their teacher. And he's does had, a pretty good job. He's, he's surprisingly funny he's for a, pretty for a football funny. player. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. funny. I, have you watched any of Murderville? Yeah, he's yeah. really funny in that too. Like he's he's you know I I'm surprised too because usually athletes don't always make the best, especially comedic actors. But he's got good comedic yeah. timing. Yeah, it's weird. Normally they're like very stilted, even in just delivering like reading a line. Yeah, but yeah, he does a great job. Uh, I guess it's the least he could do for all the the traffic that the Seahawks have inflicted on us. Penance for penance for being a football player. All right, exactly. Um, I also watched uh, Haunting in Venice, uh, which is the third movie that is it Agatha Christie. Poirot. I don't know. Yeah, Poirot film, and uh, uh, yeah, this one's kind of kind of a fun one. Uh, I, I feel like the other two by the end of it, like the reveals kind of disappointed me. This one, it wasn't amazing, but it was, I think it was a little less disappointing than the last two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was a, a pretty interesting one overall. Um, it's a little silly, but, but yeah, I think it's pretty good. And then I watched pod generation which is a movie about uh, the mother of dragons and Baron Mordo in the like near future, having a kid in a, like uh, the, the kid is like gestating in basically like this incubation egg. And it's kind of like going back and forth on the uh, like, doing things through technology versus natural ways, but it doesn't really have a whole lot to say on either uh, subject. And it feels like it's kind of like uh, parodying certain things in, in the world that it thinks are weird, but like not, uh, not putting anything else out there, not, not coming down one way or another Mm -hmm. on anything, just kind of like, Oh, isn't, isn't it silly that people do this? And isn't it silly that people do that? Uh, kind of hard. And then it also like kind of wraps up in a very general way and like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's how it's going to go. I also want to say that the pod generation seems like the kind of thing that like Bill Burr would name his like movie about today's generation. Like, oh, we got the fucking pod generation. Every millennial has got a podcast. And the movie feels like that. And there was something saying it was a comedy. It isn't, it's not a comedy. Uh, it's not very funny. It, it kind of just like goes on and uh-huh. like, uh, yeah, from beginning to the end, you just kind of see, okay, things are happening. And it kept my interest uh, well enough, but like several times we were just like, okay, are we going to, are we going to finish this movie? Like, do we have, do we have to is, is a little strong, but more like, uh, you know, we've kind of seen what the movie has going for it. Uh, should we continue with it? And 
we we kept picking yes but uh it was it was a close one i'd say a couple times and if we had picked no i don't think we would have lost much yeah. by not seeing it those are two actors that i also think deserve better roles. better amelia yeah. clark and chuate edge yep i agree and they both did a, a good job in this one uh but yeah they weren't weren't given a whole lot yeah uh, I also watched a little short Velveteen Rabbit movie. Oh, 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 which one is that? The old, the old one, or the one based off the book? Or this is one on uh, on Apple Plus, I think, or Apple TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a a newer one, but I also I think it's based off the book. But I also haven't read the book in forever. If I ever read it, uh, I probably did. Um, it's, it's a, I guess, cute little, uh, Christmas tale, but, um, you talking about the movie, you're talking about the tail on the rabbit. (laughs) Yeah. It's cute when it little twitched back and forth. Um, it's also another by the numbers, like everything I've been watching is by the numbers. What the hell? Uh, but yeah, it really feels like you'll become real when you're loved by a kid and like, all right, shut up. <laughs> I love how much romantic you've become in your years. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really charming. Yeah, it really, really gets me. Uh-huh. But that's it. That's all I've seen. Nothing really. I don't. I wonder if there's anything on the bottoms is probably the one that I would recommend uh, of the list. It looked funny. I'm looking forward to watching it. And I just, I just saw it streaming on MGM Plus, which I know we all have. So that's uh. There's another. How did they come up with that name too? What a good, what yeah, a good idea right? they really had. Uh, well, guys, the pod generation came up with that one. <laughs> Let's talk about some TV shows we've seen. <laughs> TV shows we've seen. We've seen. Robert, what have you seen? Uh, I've still been watching Fargo. I think there's a new episode today which I haven't caught up on yet, but it's, it's a very good season so far. I think I, I think I mentioned the last time we were together, mm-hmm. maybe not, yeah. but, um, uh, but if not, it's, it's worth checking out. Uh, John Hamm plays one of the antagonists. Um, it's really great. It's making references to the film and some prior seasons and all sorts of weird stuff. Oh, you know what? I might've mentioned it because I did mention there was a surprising Chiron at one point. Um, but it's, it's really good stuff. Um, I want to watch Reacher, but I haven't, so it doesn't really count. Uh, the new season just dropped. Uh, that's a movie I may have seen in the future, or a TV show I may have seen in the future. Um, and then I feel like there was another show. Oh, uh, on the Dropout uh, app, which is sort of the, I think it was formerly College Humor, there's a show called Very Important People with Vic Michaelis, who has been making the rounds on some comedy stuff, including Comedy Bang Bang. Andrew, you might have heard her. Or heard her them um and the premise of the show is they get a comedian and dress them up in either just sometimes just crazy like uh you know wig and jewelry and makeup and other times like full prosthesis like if you know is going to be on an episode where he's like a purple alien with like giant black you know creepy eyes and uh-huh. like mouth and stuff and they just come in and do a an improv interview with vic um and it is so hilarious uh even just the first one which was not the craziest sort of makeup was like sort of like a european pop princess and had just tons of like candy bracelets and uh 
like weird like jewels and makeup and she was trying to go viral in the u.s mm-hmm. um and it's just super funny um if even just look up the trailer because you get you get like to see basically all the stuff coming up in the season and uh it's super hilarious i know lisa gilroy's on a future episode and i'm excited for hers cool. um but the whole app is very fun i had a buddy of mine gave me his login and i've been checking out some of these shows on there and it's uh it's good fun it's, it's it's cool to see like weird little game shows and stuff that i didn't know existed off of like you know main networks and things so mm-hmm. yeah check it out nice uh that's what i've seen max uh i finished up the great british baking show and uh yeah great stuff always good uh, i won't spoil anything but called it um and then i also watched and then there were none which is another Agatha Christie one. Um, it's like a three episode TV show, British, and um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. It has uh, a couple recognizable people. Um, has Tyrion's dad? I always forget his name, but that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charles Dance. Charles Dance, yeah, the dancer. You can dance he... if you want to. <laughs> Prancer uh, and Vixen are his sibs. Exactly. It's a it. It was a mystery, like murder mystery, right? They're like people are being picked off one by one. Uh, they keep disappearing, and they're trying to save themselves and figure out who the killer is. Uh, and they all have a a storied past. And they're stuck on this island. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. And then uh, I saw the rest of Scavenger's Reign. Finally got around to, to finishing yeah. that one off. And yeah, hell yeah. It's a good one. Um, great animation. We've already said lots of creativity. Cool sci-fi. If you're looking for a neat, like a new sci-fi world, check it out. Um, I hope more gets made in this vein in this style it might like not necessarily another season but maybe another season i think it would be fine they kind of set it up where it could continue um yeah i i guess part of me hopes that it does it's just this storyline and they don't try and go off of it unless it's like in the same universe but i think it's kind of special that it's these people on this planet and yeah i guess ultimately i hope that the team behind it gets to make another cool project something yeah because i think one of the fun things about this was it came out of nowhere for me that like you know yeah and it's just oh yeah fun new sci-fi and it's not tied to anything Mm -hmm. and it's just unique and cool and new and uh if they you know went and did something not even sci-fi just just have that same team or that same energy new fresh uh you know they could do magic and wizards and stuff i would i would watch it'd be fun um and then I also watched a couple of SNL episodes. The one with Adam Driver is actually pretty good. Adam Driver is a, a funny guy. And I feel like he, I don't know if he influenced, you never know how much the, the show runner mm-hmm. is influencing the writer's room or whatever, you know, how much input they have. But that episode was pretty strange and pretty fun. He's, I mean, he's, he's a great host at the, the, the undercover boss where he's Kylo Ren is like, it's, it's such a funny sketch. Like, I think it's like truly, I I mean, it's hard to 
quantify it, but like it's a top 100 SNL sketch for me, which considering how many sketches are in like existence, I go back to it a lot. Like it's really funny and he's really funny in it. You should check out this new episode. There's some good stuff as well. I also watched Kate McKinnon one, which was, was pretty good. But I think that which one she was on it for a few years. <laughs> the one where she dresses up as Hillary Clinton and sings uh, "Hallelujah." <laughs> oh God, God! <laughs> Classic oh. episode. There was a good song about a, a farm. I, the Do Not Destroy guys have they left SNL? Because I, I think the last I think couple episodes. No, no, I think they're still staffed. Yeah. I think that they just had the time between seasons to. I don't know how that works, but I think they had the time between to do their their movie. movie. Yeah. Okay, because I I think the last couple episodes might not have had a do not destroy sketch. Please don't. Yeah, I don't know how regularly they come out. I don't know if it's like a it's supposed to be every episode or anything or how that works or maybe they just go in like everyone else and is like we have an idea for a sketch, but it's like a digital short and blah blah blah. And sometimes oh, they have to then, forego that versus yeah. some live sketch or because I last... think that as part of the process they like Chalamet would be in a room and be like, oh, I like that, or what if we did this instead, or you know, might nick something. Mm-hmm. What do we do to sketch about when I used to make custom Xbox controllers? <laughs> he was on the uh, the video game awards or whatever. When they announced it, when they announced him, they were like, "And Xbox modder, you know, three sixty one or whatever." You know, they they said like a his fake or maybe his real handle from his YouTube channel. No, it was like, his real handle. That's so so funny to me. Funny. I wish though it wasn't gone. I maybe you can use the Wayback Machine, but I really wish I could go back and see those. I think I watched one of them. Yeah. (laughs) It's what you would expect. Yeah. Just a kid modding Xbox controllers and talking about how cool they are. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I'm going to be a Wonka someday. (laughs) That that would be his claim to fame. Back in the day, I'm going to be in Wonka. You know, I really like modding these controllers, but I really want to do is be the Duke of Arrakis uh, on the screen someday. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll see. I can't wait for that next one to come out, too. Yeah, that's going to rock. You guys heard the news about Kang? Uh, <laughs> you guys, are we, <laughs> how much time do we have left? Yeah. You seen this? You heard about this? Um, you know what I hate when this happens? We can kind of sort of talk around this. Uh, he was, uh, the, you know, uh, John the Major was fired from Marvel. He was convicted. And, and then fired, yeah. very quickly. And then immediately people were like, well, let's see what other black actors should actually just be Kang. Instead of like. We, what if anyone else was a villain or we could figure something right. else out or whatever? It's not like Mar- Marvel hasn't changed roles and completely shifted plans. Um, someone asked John Boyega, like, hey, would you go and be Kang? W- would you want to go be Kang? And he immediately guy. did like, he was like, fuck no. No, <laughs> you don't want to do that <laughs> shit. Like this dude is pretty soured on Disney, Disney and Star yeah. Wars and shit. And I feel like he's been in some interesting stuff before and since. And if he doesn't want to do those kind of movies, uh, God bless him. So. Yeah. Just funny to me that people just try and slot folks in. What if De- someone said, "What if Denzel was came as back as Kang?" Mm-hmm. I heard that <laughs> Denzel <one. laughs> fucking Washington. Like maybe he will. Maybe he wants the money. Maybe he would do it. But it just seems odd. I don't know. I thought. I mean, like we talked about it when we when we talked about the end of Loki season two. Like I thought they wrote themselves into a thing where they could justifiably just be like, "Yeah, the TVA is keeping him in check." He just like they they did a thing where it's like we're keeping an eye on him and like. I think if they just want to pretend like Kang got iced by uh, the TVA, they can do that. They don't have to like cast him. With the multiverse, it doesn't like you could. It doesn't matter. Be, We've already should, established yeah. that there can be a, a different actor who's playing 
a diff- the same character. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's yeah. what's so frustrating. There was some rumor, maybe I mentioned this on a previous app, that he had signed something in his contract that only only he could appear as Kang. So well, only t- Jonathan Majors could be Kang in the in the movies. Well, I don't I- think they would make that deal. Number one, yeah. and number two, they can have they could they could just change the name a little or do or say that something happened. Also, in the movie. like as, I, mean, I mean, and, and number ahead, three, man. like the contract is void now. Right. I'm pretty sure. There like, would I think yeah. yeah, I don't know what where that rumor started, and it's just the most ridiculous idea to me that like someone would be like, sure, I'll play your comic book character. Ah, but you won't realize that only I may play him forever. So don't get any smart ideas like firing me. <laughs> um it's just very silly to me. And also I forgot, like, there's this scene at the end of Quantumania where it pans over a fucking Coliseum full of Kangs, and some of them are like alien face Kangs. Yeah. And I was like, what if one of those guys was Kang? And then you just had someone in a suit, you know, or in a, the makeup playing it. And you just, that's all you, all you need to do. Yeah. Anyway, it's all very, very crazy to me. I, I just think it's wild that, uh, what's all been happening. And, uh, I guess we'll see how they handle it. I think the, uh, the, like every, a lot of people, not just like trying to replace him as Kang, trying to get Doom in there instead of Kang. Like, I think. A lot of people wanted that. Like, mm-hmm. stop, stop what you're doing with Kang and just get throw in uh, Doom, throw in Doom. Get to Fantastic Four and get the fuck to the X Men, please. Sure. Before, before you run out of, I mean, as you're running out of steam, uh, like, and also, there was uh, Insomniac got oh the Insomniac leaks. Yeah, I heard about <laughs> that too. <laughs> and so, like, they announced that Insomniac, the folks who are working on the last two really good uh, Spider-Man games uh, had a few more in the pipeline. One that makes a lot of sense. uh, Oh, I didn't hear these leaks. You didn't? No. Okay. They, they, so they already were, they officially announced before the leaks that they were working on a Wolverine game. Yeah. uh, In addition to the Spider-Man games, but the leaks said that they're also working on a Venom game, which kind of like piggybacks on what they were doing in the last Spider-Man game. Yeah. And then um, Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3, which you could have guessed it. There's another Ratchet and Clank coming out. But in the Marvel Universe, they've got uh, X-Men coming out, like an actual full-on X-Men game. Mm-hmm. So and these, are, these are plans that are like scheduled through like 2033 or 30, something. 30, like yeah. 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 So I guess I'm I'm getting burnt out on I know this was like leakers that did it too so it's not like that we it's not like the studio was like by the way this is what we're doing for the next you know mm-hmm. couple you know 7 years or whatever but the same thing with Marvel where it's like now we like know so far ahead of time like what phases they're wanting to do and what villains they want to start building up and it's just like I hate the lack of mystery I wish there was a way to just like not know it cuz like it how was- fun would it be in like a couple movies to like have doom show up at the end and just be like, Holy fuck. I didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah, there was like, such a, I don't know. There was it's such just a, annoying. <clears throat> when uh age of Ultron came out, it felt like it landed with a, like a, just a whimper because like they had already announced infinity war and Endgame mm-hmm. after it. So it was just like, well then like this one feels like a real placeholder because like we already know there's a double movie coming out in a couple years. It's just like, I, I, I get the like wanting to create some buzz, but also like let your fans kind of discover it organically too. Like don't yeah, don't have them have a map in their you know room of like what's coming out. Especially since like years. things change now more and more. It seems like stuff gets canceled, yeah. names get changed. Now Avengers Five is not 
you know, the Kang dynasty. It's just called Avengers five because they don't know. They've already changed the name of the Captain America movie, uh, you know, another time. Apparently there's a character in there that they might have to completely edit out. <laughs> I, I just, it's just wild. I wish, and I don't even think I'm online too much. I just think this stuff finds you sometimes. Yeah. And then you're just like, well, what the fudge? I don't care about this. I don't need to know this right yeah, now. I think like a huge mistake. And I think something they would take back is like, the, the Disney Plus slate of like TV shows that they said like, oh, we're going to put out like 12 new series on Disney Plus. I think half of them have been scrapped, but like, I, you know, it just it sort of feels like there was too much and people just got maybe burned out by even knowing that there was going to be 12, you know, like whatever, you know, 12, I'm making up a number, but like there's there was so many coming out that people were just like, boy, oh boy, like that many, like. And it was like, I don't know what fucking Armor Wars is or like Ironheart or, you know, like it was just, I think. I it, kind of feel like we were a little bit cursed by the Guardians of the Galaxy being such a huge success. Yeah. Because like when they basically said, we could throw anyone we on the screen. do anything, yeah. And it doesn't matter. People will love it. Yeah. Because. And that's no, been true know, like less than half the time, yeah, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Like some stuff is interesting. Like I don't think Moon Knight's the greatest show on earth, but I thought it was like interesting, and I was yeah. like, "This is a character I don't really, I haven't really read, and it's weird." And oh, cool, all right. But is it going to go anywhere? Is he going to be in movies? Are they going to do a second season? I have no mm -hmm. idea. And I kind of like it that way. I wish they would just, I don't know, man. I, I think it's good to have a plan. I don't think it needs to always be public and anticipated mm -hmm. about so heavily. Yeah, I, I wish some of this uh, was. Secret war. I wish it was secret info some of the time. So, <laughs> Wait, info war. What, what was the yeah, yeah info, info wars war. is what I was getting to. If you yeah. just yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for more of an info war. And anyway, I'm gonna go after this podcast. I'm gonna go check that out. Avengers, you're gonna have to take me on duty. You know I'm on Alpha Brain, so uh, I'm taking on Captain America on the on an intellectual level. God. Anyways, uh, I watched the boys. I caught up on the boys. Um, I was partway through season one like two weeks ago and i just finished season three it is a very very good show but boy is it gory and gross and uh not for the faint of heart in any way possible <laughs> it is disgusting in just about every way you can imagine it being disgusting it's pretty gross but it's fucking good it's really good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't look away from it i can't not like it's storytelling is so good and I care so much about the characters, but boy, it's just really hard to watch. And it's hard to watch a lot in a row of uh, two. So yeah. How far did you say you were in? I finished season three and I'm now watching Gen V. Oh, okay. So you're all caught up on, I'm all caught up on the boys. What'd you think about your boy in, uh, so old soldier in the boy? boys, soldier boy. Tell I mean, him. Jensen, Jensen does a great job as this fucking skeezy <laughs> scumbag old school racist character especially especially following up stormfront like it's another you know like uh men were men what is his deal then. is he like a captain america like yeah, he was a, frozen he's or a something captain or? america who's yeah. been on basically on ice for since like the but, 80s but wasn't such a, a great dude back then well, yeah. he's also, like, he's, he was a little bit of a mix between captain america and uh winter soldier yeah i suppose so he's okay. kind of got like the dark side of winter soldier <laughs> yeah but like yeah yeah, but but the uh, notoriety, I guess, of of a Captain America. Yeah, he's yeah he's. I mean, he's fucking great in it. It's also mm -hmm. like I. It's really fun for me to watch like 
this because Eric Kripke is the creator of the show who also did Supernatural. It's really fun to watch him like sprinkle in a bunch of like Supernatural actors and references in it too. So that's that's fun for me. But yeah, it's 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 good. Good. I've been waiting it's to get, get to the the point with uh, Soldier Boy. Yeah, he's he's. <laughs> gr- I mean, he's uh, again. Jensen Ackles is great in it. Soldier Boy is a deplorable character, but he's he's good in it. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, guys, let's move on to the movie we all watched this week from 1998, starring Jim Carrey, The Truman Show. I know this man is true. We watched The Truman Show, starring Jim Carrey. And Laura Linney and Ed Harris and Jesus Christ, stop playing. <laughs> Crank it. Got uh, Paul Giamatti in there. Paul Giamatti in a... <laughs> Barely. Uh, yeah, so The Truman Show. Um, would you guys recommend people watch The Truman Show? Um, I would. I'm curious to hear what you guys think uh, as far as like, you know, based on when it came out in 98 and sort of what it was saying about so social media television uh, uh uh you know kind of the the way that reality tv i suppose more specifically and um whether it's more applicable now or if it seems kind of corny or what you guys think but i i enjoyed rewatching this i think it's it's a good performance from carrie um i think the the mystery of it especially if i don't know if anyone who's watched it has gone in blind to the point where they're like, not sure what the plot is all about and what's going on. Mm -hmm. But um, I like the way they kind of dole out the info. Um, And yeah, I just, I, I was a fun one to revisit, but uh, what do you guys think? Max? I thought it was all right. I think, um, so I think I saw this in theaters, had to go to the bathroom halfway through and just didn't bother going back into the theater to watch the rest of it. Um, this and, was what, when we talked behind the scenes, by the way, everyone, when this was like the thing where we were like, what? Okay. Well, we, we should probably watch this then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but now I'm realizing that I probably did see the rest of it at some point. Okay. Okay. You uh, walked, you walked into the seemed... bathroom of a different movie and then walked back to Truman back show to a different Truman, time. Yeah. <laughs> Finished it up. No, I think probably on TV somewhere and then just kind of forgot that I had seen it. And probably by the next time Truman show comes up, I will have forgotten You'll that I saw again? this one. Hey, yeah. What an endorsement. Well, uh, I, some of my critiques originally remain, I think it's too Jim Carrey. I don't know if mm-hmm. he's the right, uh, man for the role. Um, but I do think there are some interesting things to it. And I think also looking back on it, uh, from now you can see that there was a luster to reality TV and mm-hmm. how impactful it was. That is no longer the case that I think we've, we've passed the time where we would think that we could possibly think that somebody streaming their, their life would enrapture the entire world yeah. into watching uh, I'm, what they're doing. But I mean, in this situation, not they don't talk about other reality TV in this world, so we don't know what that's like. We know other shows exist, but this is one that has captivated well, people. Like, but it's also the weird situation for me that 
he doesn't know he's he doesn't know he's being filmed to the point where he's not even in an, the actual world. Yeah. Which I think mm -hmm. it think would make it, I would argue if that existed in this time, it would be compelling and people would also be rightly against it. Yeah, so. I think there'd be a much bigger, it'd be more than just, um, the one a few the, people going to a one, rally, the one actor who left the show, who you know, there were posters for like the free Truman rally behind her. So like, it's a thing yeah, yeah, that yeah. other people don't like it, but it doesn't seem like as big as it should be. Yeah. Where it's like, I own this person and the director can go on TV and be like, well, I'm just giving him his own life that, that he gets to live. It's like, how, in what world do you think that containing someone without their knowledge gives them a, a pure life that they're allowed to lead anyway? It kind of reminded me of that show, Jury Duty, a little bit. I was I, to, I to almost, a much I, lesser extent. I thought the exact I didn't. Same. I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch it yet, but um, yeah, but it does. It does have somebody who uh, doesn't being, know that they're being watched, and everybody else knows they're being watched, and everyone else is an actor, and uh, that person just goes on kind of being nice to people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd recommend people watch it. I think it's a. I think it's a good movie to me. Um, gosh, is it Jim Carrey's best dramatic? Probably not. Eternal Sunshine's really good. Um, mm -hmm. but I like that he was at this point kind of trying to branch out a little bit. Like he, I think he had just come off the cable guy and liar, liar when this came out. And so, you know, really, I think so. I thought that I, I read the thing that, that Robin Williams was being considered for the role. Yeah. Um, but the director apparently saw Jim Carrey in, uh, Ace Ventura. And said, and he wanted him for the role, and said it's because he reminded him of Charlie Chaplin. But none of that to me is is like, hmm, this is the guy I want for the dramatic role. Now, I, I, I maybe you disagree. I think he did a good job with it. I do too. There's little comedic moments, but I think he did a good job, otherwise being like scared and and appropriately dramatic in the the times he was supposed to. Um, but it was interesting to me because I could totally picture Rob Williams doing this, and he has done some different uh, dramatic stuff in his career that I've enjoyed, like One Hour Photo and few other things so um it's odd a lot of the time you hear a casting and i'm like i could never see that but i could totally picture robin williams doing this um and i guess ultimately i'm glad carrie did it because it helped to branch out but it did start sort of his uneven uh career in some more dramatic yeah. uh, stuff do you remember who was originally supposed to be christoph too because i know that was another um like oh he was a that's in Dennis Hopper. Hmm. Dennis Hopper was supposed to be Kristoff and then like bounced like really like either like during filming or like right before filming. And oh, so, interesting. I could I guess I could see that, but it's another one where I feel like Ed Harris did a really good kind of oh, quiet he's, he's great. sort of job. He's great. Like, except for the moments when he does sort of explode and it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a uh so in 95, Jim Carrey signed on to star, but because of commitments to the cable guy and liar, liar, he would not be ready to start oh. filming for another year. So Peter Weir, who's the director, like really wanted Jim Carrey for the Got role. It. And so they had to, they had to uh, delay production because he was busy with liar, liar and the cable guy. Um, apparently the, the original script for this, by the way, Andrew Nichol is the writer. Like apparently the original script was super dark, like just no lightness to it. Um, so I wonder Max, if this movie had been maybe a little more cynical, if it would have spoken to your sensibilities a little more and like if they had hired like, for instance, uh, a Denzel or somebody who was like a little more known as a dramatic actor. Kang, excuse you. But yeah, the future, future, and uh, hopefully present Kang. Um, 
Yeah, I wonder if there this had been a little more dark and cynical and like had a dramatic actor in the role if it had maybe spoken to you a little more. Because I think like this movie has a lot to say, and I think in certain aspects it does it really well. Like I for as a kid watching this movie, I, the stuff that like Laura Linney's like doing product placement while she's talking to him, and like the two twins who like shove him up against the wall so they can get a clear shot of the. You know, whatever the, poster the ad in the for background. that week is like all that stuff went over my head as a kid. And like when now that I've rewatched this as an adult, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, fucking DiCaprio pointing at the TV meme like, oh, look at that. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things in it, but it is like it. Some of it is kind of undercut by Jim Carrey kind of being a little zany at times, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think that's my take. I think my favorite part of it was uh, the cynicism of the advertisements and of Ed Harris's character mm-hmm. and his, uh, you know, encapsulation of humanity and what it means uh, and corporations owning a person yeah. and stuff like that. I like, those were my favorite parts of it. And Jim Carrey being a, a little weirdo was probably my least favorite part. So I think that it, it could have been improved. Uh, I think it's also one of those things that's like tackling a big uh, subject and uh doing it in a very like hollywood friendly way mm-hmm. so um like it it's kind of hard hard to do it full justice but i do think that yeah maybe uh it's like a, a it's like an ocean movie. that's an inch deep yeah <laughs> yeah it's i also, mean that's there, a saying there's a weird there's a like to, when i was watching it this time you know they show the flashback of when he's in college and he and the um uh, Sil- Sylvia's character like almost you know reveals the whole thing to him and I just like they showed that as a flashback because he's like thinking about her and then they do the flashback to the viewers yeah, and I'm like yeah. why would like if this show were real would they really show one character trying to break the reality as like a you know a, a thing that they would want to flashback to like it just I, I thought about that because that is a weird thing especially like it's not it's not even like a thing of like I don't know if the show exists where you can like go back and rewatch it. It seems to me like a thing that's only live and you can't unless I guess never mind. You can't stop people from recording. Well, they they it say so people have the footage. There's, there's after they show that part, the owner of the Truman bars, like, can we, can we get going? Like we have this on the best of tape. So I think they, do okay, okay. 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 I forgot that line. Um, but I guess ultimately, because even at the time he wasn't making the connection, like how would you make the connection that like, Hey, the, the whole, your whole world is fake. Yeah. Like, everything is fake. So for you, you might just be like, I don't understand what's going on. It was more to be like, this is the lost love. Like, hey, this was a big dramatic moment. I think they said like the world gasped when on that yeah. stolen kiss on the beach. And it's like, you can't not show it. I guess they could have edited around it better, but it feels like ultimately no harm, no foul, because in all those years, he hasn't made the connection that anything was going on. I do think it's odd that the inciting incident, like the serious light falling in the street and him being like, what the fuck? Then it seems like multiple things very quickly happening that seem to be breaking. And it's yeah. like, why did the production all of a sudden get so off? Like, it happens over. I, I noted that because, you know, the, uh, when that happens, it's like 10,909 days. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, it's 10,914 uh, days. So like everything over the course of this movie, the, the light falling, all these production flubs, his whole mental breakdown happens over the course of four days. I guess it also does feel like part of it is just sort of like the the straw that bakes the camel's back because at some point he starts to get he starts to get weirded out remember he like he goes in the building he walks back out he's kind of looking at everyone yeah. then he runs into that bank and he sees the people like literally sitting behind stage he was never even supposed to go in yeah. there 
and then it just becomes sort of this avalanche where he can't unsee what he can't unsee it and is now sort of looking for it it's a movie so obviously it's it's convenient that like he's going down main street he's turning on mclean blah 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 and then all of a sudden oh sorry folks we must have caught some weird radio signal but it is funny in the ten thousand some odd days that all of these other incidents occur his dad shows back up i do like and it's such a fucked up thing to do that it was like they can't deny that he saw his dad he's going to keep harping on it so they're like we did find your dad he has amnesia and mm-hmm. this is going to be a cool new storyline. And it's like, oh, this is fucked up. And mm-hmm. his friend literally being fed lines by the director being like, Truman, if they're all lying to you, then I'm in on it too. Like, and I would never lie to you. Yeah. It's just like, God damn. I almost like I I, in, in the moment where he was being fed the lines and like, he's just like, I would walk into traffic for you, Truman. I was like, the only the only reason I want a sequel to this movie is I want a confrontation between Truman and the guy who plays Marlin of just like, you fucking lied to me to my face. Like, it's just like, he's to me, like I, I almost consider the Marlin actor to be as like, like gross as Kristoff. Like, yeah. I, I mean, some people are just willing to be, you know, part of this facade, which right. is just weird. You know what? A little detail I like too, is the guy with the Dalmatian, the neighbor. Yeah. And when they're out looking for him, the Dalmatian's like, I'm like struggling on this thing. Like I've always wanted to bite Truman. If I can yeah. find him, I'm going to get him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Man, you know, and one scene I really like, I don't know if you guys feel the same, when, you know, there's the whole, his whole, that day he has where he has a breakdown, he's sitting in his car, he goes tearing out down the road, suddenly perfectly synchronized traffic Mm -hmm. occurs, he goes, hmm, isn't that interesting? They do, they zip around, zip around, come back, huh, same street, no cars, and then he can't get across the bridge, he guns it and makes his wife drive, and it's, it's crazy because even she seems like happy for him almost. Like maybe not him, the real person, but for the character too. like, wow, you, you did it. You got across the bridge. Like, right. Wow. You did it. But then they get further and she keeps trying to be like, we can't just go. And we've got responsibilities and blah, blah, blah. The scary ass scene where like the, there's something wrong at the plant and a bunch of dudes in like spacesuits are running after him. And then after that, I love when he's at home in the kitchen and is like, you're in on this. Like you're, you're doing this. Right. And she says like, someone help me. Someone mm-hmm. do something, I think she says. And he he stops and is like, who what? are you talking to? <laughs> who are you talking to? Like, that would be fucking horrifying. Like, yeah. I love that aspect of it that, like, he's being so, he's just being run through this thing. And, it's, and is finally. It's, uh, it's interesting because I think the observation is correct that she was, like, maybe even a little happy for him that he was able to get over that bridge. Because, like, when they're in the kitchen, he's like, you can't even stand me. Why are, like, what, like, what are you doing here? Like, it's clear that she has, like, like, she, you know kind of you know like they're not a husband and wife they're not a real husband and wife and he can get he gains the feeling of like knowing that this person really doesn't even care that much for him like she's clearly doing a job and he's just like you don't even like you can't even stand me like what is this it's weird because as an actor she was willing to have a kid with get him, fucked right by him. <laughs> get raw dogged at some point by him <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, she, was that's like, she was like, ooh, very vanilla sex. Hell yeah. That's I mean, that's another life. thing that is like wild to me is like, so uh, by math, they're ru- they're all roughly supposed to be 30, I think, in this movie, even though they all I mean, Truman's yeah. Marlin looks like he's in his like fucking late 40s or something. Um, <laughs> but like they're all supposed Shots to be fired ar- at around 30. And they talk Marlin basically says, like, you've been my my brother my whole life. So this is also a guy that they got as a kid, as an actor who's been doing this job 
since he was <laughs> a, a kid. So like this is another kid that theoretically, I don't know if he's also owned by the corporation. Like this it is feels like I think everyone life. else is like a contracted actor because they have to be able to yeah. pull them out. But like you know, like Laura um, Linney's character Laura Linney's character leaves him, you know, towards the end of the movie. So like that char- that character's arc is over. So like she gets to go do something else. But like the Marlin character and like the the woman who plays his mom and like they're just that's their life is being there. Yeah, and it's tough to keep a gig. So it feels like if someone's like, "Hey, do you want to like have guaranteed income for the next ten years? You just have to lie your ass off to this man and ten, and ten years fake his try world. like thirty years. Like they've all. Well, yeah, been, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. And then also decided it'd be convenient to have someone die off, and then yeah. just you know off screen death or whatever. So. It was for also, his wife, that's like 24-7, essentially, yeah, yeah. minus like a couple of hours. There's also, real, so you mentioned the bank where there's like a, you know, a back lot, like almost behind the, the elevator shaft. It was then very weird to me that there was a fully, uh, fully staged nuclear reactor on the outskirts of town that they're not supposed to be able to get to. That like there was enough people that like hundreds of people could be like running around in like you know like uh like nuclear you know like yeah in my mind it was like they have to be like where do we get our power oh the plant and also like then you can excuse a bunch of people like having a job there but not seeing them all the time i'm just thinking from like the perspective of like the dome like sure if you have some faraway industry you know, then you can be like, well, don't worry. There's those people are you'll and also then it leaves room for new characters or people you don't recognize because they live over there. I think it would have been but I think is, it, it would have been like a thing if um it looked like a bunch of like PAs like running around, like coming out of that building. Like theoretically, that's the production building or something. And so it's like people with like headsets on or like, pe- mm. you know, like whatever, instead of having like a bunch of people who are dressed like they might work at a power plant. I forget what were some of the other things they showed uh, where people have also tried to break the fourth wall. Wasn't it the one guy pops out of his Christmas present? He's like, Truman, Truman, I'm on TV. Or yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah. And, um, and, and yeah, but just somebody like somebody parachuted so, in somebody parachuting. Yeah. 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 But uh, I think it's just wild I, stuff. I think it's weird that they created this universe entirely for Truman and to keep him kind of locked into this dome area. But they created roads that lead out of it. And they also like, you know, have Fiji. It's just the world. It's just that they cut him off from the world rather than like they invented his entire world. Why did it? Why was it the world that they were living in? Right. They could pretend like there's nothing outside of Seaview. Yeah. And then he would never, he would never have the inkling to see, to be like, what's beyond, like, I want to go to Fiji. I want to go to Chicago. Like, just I'll fly this thing called a plane. Right. Just to, fucking to Fiji. Yeah, just, I, I love it too. Like they already instill like through his dad's death, you know, on the boat that like he's, he has the lassophobia. He's scared of the water, but also like does everything else in their power to make sure he wouldn't travel. El- otherwise mm-hmm. he goes to buy his plane ticket and the poster in the travel agency is a light <laughs> lightning going through a plane. And it's like, it could happen to you. And it's like, why would, <laughs> why this, would, why would they say that? um also a little a little trivia thing the house that he lives in in the in the movie do you Mm -hmm. know who actually owns that home where is it like was it's it's in it's in florida it's a real it's a real town called seaview florida oh okay do you know who owns who lives in it jim carrey no (laughs) matt gates Ooh. (laughs) wait does he live there because he likes the movie no it was a home that was owned by the gates family that it just so happens that is Matt Gates's family home. Did they own it this when is, they filmed? Yeah. Like his family owned? Yeah. Oh my God. Is this guy related to Bill Gates? 
No, this is Matt Gates, the congressman from Florida, the like, uh, yeah, gotcha. boot looking Trump guy. Okay. Among other among things. other things, yeah, among other things, he licks other things. Yeah, he's potential probably potential pedo, but anyways, stepson. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, but on to nicer <laughs> things like tricking this man forever. Um. What do you think happened after he walked out? It's interesting yeah. that his his for his former lover is like putting on her jacket and running to the the dome, the, the bottom of her apartment. City. Yeah. Does she live next door? Wait, where is she going? Like, I where think is she going? so. She she calls from Hollywood when she when she mm-hmm. you know calls in that show i that's think that's such a funny that's the most unrealistic part in my opinion where it's like homer simpson or is it homer simpson no it's uh it's uh no it's uh harry Shear. harry Shear yeah is like oh we have a caller on the line and it's you know blah blah, blah. and even the director is like oh, i recognize this old voice and it's like what it feels like you would just cut her off in the same he way tried Max to. Or Andrew, he tried to that you're what Harry Shear tried to? He's like, let's let's cut this collar off. And, oh, and I know, Christoph I know, but like, it just feels like it wouldn't even happen anyway. In the same way that like you don't want to be like, remember that person that almost you know revealed the truth to him? It's like, yeah. well, don't act, give her airtime. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. I I think we're supposed to believe that this dome exists in Hollywood. I think is is probably now the thing that should happen is that he should walk out of the dome and immediately have culture shock of just like what the fuck? It, like where, where the fuck am I? Um, but I, I think it's, it's smart to not one, this movie is at like an hour 40. So I think it's a very like easy watch. It's like a hundred minutes to include like a scene where he like gets lost in the city would just be, it'd be the end of return of the King. It'd be one too many endings, but, um, yeah, you can kind of, I think it's left up to the imagination of what he possibly did when he walked out. Yeah. Um, walked right back in. <laughs> oh no, yeah. no 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 no! Oh, wait, this way, this way, and turns back around, goes right in. Yeah, he sees he sees Holly. He's it's on Hollywood Boulevard, so it's like fucking disgusting. He's like, ew, no 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 no, goes right back in, just becomes mm-hmm. Truman again. Hey, I'm Truman. Good afternoon, good evening, and just gets immediately beaten up. And yeah. <laughs> uh, any uh, any further thoughts on the movie before we head out? Um, no, like I said, I was. I, I was nice to revisit it. I think it's probably, you know, the course of of uh, reality TV and social media has sort of changed it a little bit. You maybe not guys aren't maybe wrong that it's like it's trying to say a lot. I think it's successfully saying some stuff and not hitting the mark on others. But I think it's a a fun and interesting way to see. Or I like seeing his foray, Carrie's foray into sort of a more serious role. I think it's hard to shake off that you see him and he acts a little goofy and you're like, Oh, there's Jim Carrey again. But I, I don't know. I think he was, he had some nuance in, yeah. in there as well. So, uh, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Max. I will say my favorite Jim Carrey contribution to this movie is like right after he, uh, gets out of that place where he realizes, I think it's right after that when he's being kicked out of the place and trying, they're trying to convince him that he didn't just see, you know, the backstage crew. Mm-hmm. And he takes his briefcase. There's a guy who's like uh, on a ladder fixing a light. He takes his briefcase and just like pats him in the butt with it and, and like <laughs> runs off to see if he'll get a reaction from the guy. And the guy just like doesn't know what to do. So he just keeps screwing in the light bulb. Yeah. My favorite part of the movie, my yeah. fav- favorite contribution from Jim Carrey. I I wouldn't be surprised if that was ad-libbed by you, him. It feels sure. like you and would test great. that stuff, right? Yeah. Like when yeah. he walk, he almost, he gets hit by the bus and then he just goes to the car and it's kind of like, 
can I command this stuff? And I mean, it's just, yeah, I think like so weird. Matt or Robert, you made a, a really smart observation about this movie earlier. where like, they're sprinkling little things every once in a while. And like when he gets caught at the power plant, he goes, okay, have a nice day, Truman. He's just like, how the fuck would that guy know my name? Like, it's yeah, just, the cop I've never met. Yeah. So yeah, the movies I think does a good job of sort of sprinkling in little info bit by bit. But um, yeah, I think this is, again, I don't think it's Jim Carrey's best dramatic movie, but like, I think he's good in it. I think he's, maybe a little too Jim Carrey-ish at certain points, but it didn't doesn't detract the movie from me. Um, I still think this is a good movie. It, yeah, it has a lot to say about social media and the cravenness of people's TV viewing habits that have, uh, let's just, like, this is a, a tame version of it now that we've now lived through <laughs> different versions of this. But in 1998, I feel like this is maybe a stronger stance than it is in 2023. So, sure. Um, anyways... Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next year. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.